We took a break and now we're back. So hit it. Oh yeah, it is all a dream. Uh-huh. That's what I thought. Hey party people. We are back, like I said before, unbeknownst to you, we had a little break in production. You know when you're watching TV and you turn to your TV show, you're like, why isn't it on? And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, we took a break for the holidays or we took a winter break. And you're just like, okay, that's just an excuse by the entertainment companies, but we won't go there. Um, But I'm really excited for this episode. Caitlin O'Grady is back. Um, And we're just talking about everything under the sun again and kind of going back to the sexual assault topic. um, I know it's heavy. I know it's like, Ashton, we come and listen for something different and something new. But I do believe that a part of being a part of the global society, if not just American society, is having feelings and taking a stance against things you don't believe or things that you see and need to be addressed. And I do think that as long as this sexual assault stuff is going on, we need to talk about it. Um, But this time it's interesting because we're actually talking about it more from a entertainment standpoint with Caitlyn since she is an actress and she's on sets all day, all week, all day long. And she's in that culture and society and that is her career. She is an actress. So we get some in-depth, you know, perspectives from her point of view as an actress in Hollywood and the entertainment industry. And just I kind of ask her questions regarding um, industry protocol when it comes to sexual harassment, her if she's ever had an experience in her life. Um, but then also we talk about life on set and kind of especially when you're an entry-level actress where what kind of protections are there and so she does answer those questions for us but uh without further ado here's the interview and i promise i promise in the new year we'll be consistent and there will be no pauses in service you know that's what they say when you call the internet company i'm sorry for the pause in service no you're not (laughs) i'm i still need to pay you luckily you guys don't pay for this but (laughs) but if you want to (laughs) no i'm joking Um, I take Bitcoin. Anyway, so without further ado, here's the interview. And stay tuned for a surprise at the end. All right, so we have the amazing Caitlin back for part two. Hello. (laughs) So she's actually over the phone this time, but I'm just super excited to have her on. Um, And this time I actually wanted to talk a little bit more about her, what she's getting into, actually talk a little bit about... Um, or at least keep talking about sexual harassment in Hollywood because Lord Jesus, it never stops. Why? I, I personally do not know. Uh, well, I do know because men are pigs. <laughs> but um, no, but it just does not stop. Uh, I think when we talked last time, Caitlin, I think Russell Simmons only had, what, one or two accusers and now he's up to like four or five, right? Russell Simmons? No, right? Yeah, Russell Simmons. I've not heard about this at all. Really? Oh my goodness. Okay. 
So you have to, out of Alyssa Murray. No, you need to look it up. It is like oh well, actually, I think I actually want to hear your input on this one before we get to talking about you and how amazing you are, because you know the <laughs> listeners already know, the astonishing <laughs> people out there already know from our last conversation, which I actually got a overwhelming um, just response from in general. But uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so what I want to talk to you about is the first woman, or at least the second woman that talked about um, Russell Simmons was a lady named Jenny Lumet. Her grandmother is actually Lena Horne. Um, but, but Jenny Lumet was saying how she wasn't necessarily raped in the traditional sense where like she was grabbed and like held down and she said, no, no, no. She said it was kind of like a slight acquiesce over time it was like she got in the car thinking that she was going to go to her own house he was his driver took her or took them both to his apartment long story short before she knows that she's at his apartment she walks up she's not she doesn't talk at all and then she she said like he tried to insert himself in her and she never said no and then she just walked out after it was all done and but she said the problem is she never officially said no um but she did say that you know, she never consented. And she kind of said because he was so powerful and because of his position. And she said that she did not see the man she knew when she looked in his eyes. So she did not want him to get violent. Therefore, she did not speak up or speak out against what was going on or run away. That is such a powerful story. It happened so much, especially in college, you know, Mm -hmm. I can count I can't even count how many women I know who have been in very similar situations. And I think that goes to show, some people may say like, oh, well, she didn't say no. She should have said no. How is he supposed to know? But I think men and women need to know if they want to initiate sex, just ask. Just ask, you know? Like, it doesn't hurt to ask. Like, oh, it's going to chill the mood. Like, you know, it's better to chill the mood in a second then pressure someone to do something they don't want to do. Or be accused of it's, rape 20 years later, you know? So, exactly. So. Like, it doesn't take long to just say, hey, do you want to? Just because a woman gets into your car, just because she enters your house doesn't mean she wants it. Like, she could be just being polite. Or scared. You know? And I think that's or what scared. Jenny's point was. She was like, I was scared. I did not know if he would get violent. She's like, I didn't know him to be violent, but I did not know if he could get there. And I think that's the human condition, Caitlin. Like, we just never really know who we're dealing with. So sometimes if we're in scary situations or interesting situations, we see it all the time when friendships and relationships with with our friends, with strangers, with third parties, you know, it's like, you know, I think we've even saw it with some people we went to college with where they're all in love and then you go on Facebook and you're like, oh, wow, they are like upset and they're having a Facebook fight and they hate each other. But they literally were talking about getting married two months ago. Like, I'm confused, you know? Right. But so. it's just, ooh, I what I was going to say. Uh, it's pretty much if, I forgot, I forgot it. I'll cut this all out. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, let me... No, I really have a thought. Oh, sorry. Did I help you lose your thought? Okay, we'll back up. Um, no, it's okay. It's okay. We're talking about how she... Oh, no, yeah, what you say. You were saying about how 
how people are too scared to like hurt each other or mm-hmm. you never know how someone's gonna react to you like saying no that's why like when a guy like let me get your number I just say yes and I give them because I don't know what they're gonna do if I say no because there's I, there's woman last year got a 16 year old got murdered and shot because she rejected this 25 year old's advances you never know so it's so it's just like you kind of just go with it for your own protection in a way that's okay i love that you just said that let's go into it um so do you give him your real number do you give him a fake number like what do you do do you like you're in a relationship do you say hey i'm dating like how does that go like what what would granted you're not an expert and neither am i but from yeah. your wise years, because you're really smart, we established that in the last episode, you know, what what do you do? Tell us. I assess the situation. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, I can give you my Instagram instead, and then just ghost them. Uh, or I give them my number, and if they, if, but like sometimes if I say, like, if they ask for my number, and they say, they say, and they say, oh, no, I have a boyfriend, and they say, oh, I don't see him. Oh, you thought I was trying to get your number? Oh, you really think it's just kind of like they're like, oh no, I didn't mean it like that. And then it's like, no, they really me- they meant it like that, you know? Yeah. They're trying to backtrack. Some some men own up to it and they say, oh yeah, oh I'm so sorry. I want to respect that absolutely. But some men are crazy and they don't respect that. And the, sometimes you give them your fake little Google phone number. Sometimes they now they like call you right on the spot to make sure they have your number. <laughs> You're like, ah, shoot. Yeah, oh fuck. And he's like, oh, well, crap. Sorry. So I don't like to curse on this show. <laughs> no, remember, it's not that I don't like to curse. It's just that I just don't. It's like, it's like, <laughs> I was like, my aunt is going to hear it. <laughs> and she's going to tell my mom. Granny's going to hear it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not, I have this new like Google number where you can like, you have like a fake Google number, Google phone or Google Voice. I can't remember what the app is. If you just give them that number too, that works. So oh. if they call you, it goes through. So you can just change your Google number. Okay, I shouldn't say this on my podcast, but I will. Someone said with the Google number, that's how you get deals from Uber. You know how the Uber does like the new <sighs> deals? I, I've not tried it yet, and I don't even know what a Google number is, so I'll I'll be calling you, you know, with that. Hopefully, you didn't give me a fake number. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but I'll be calling you to figure out how to set up this Google number. <laughs> yeah, I use it for canvassing when I, like, call about candidates. Like, make sure to get out and vote, because you never know who the hell you're calling. Oh. So you're just, it's a new number each time when you call, so. Interesting. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. Side note, people. No, we're going back from Uber. Well, hey, every. Oh, you know what my mom always said, and I do want to. She's gonna be on the show eventually, hopefully. But uh, you know what my mom always said. She said, um, she said growing up, her. <laughs> this is aging her, but oh well. She said in her day, her mom always said, or the people always said, you always should have a dollar and a dime, a dime to get your phone call to call the taxi, and then the dollar to get yourself home. I don't know if she really literally meant a dollar and a dime, because even in her time, that <laughs> wouldn't make sense. But um, that's kind of like a the thing. A dollar and a dime now gets you like nothing um, double <laughs> like double you know real estate with a really low tax rate <laughs> <laughs> but you know but like i don't even know if like she literally meant it on dime but that's like the phrase that i grew up her always telling my sister and 
um, this, we're going off on a tangent. We're talking about like all this stuff. Uh, but anyway, like I just remember always thinking that. And so with my sister, especially even like traveling to see her friends and she, uh, and things like that, my mom's always like, always make sure you have extra money in your bank account just in case something goes wrong so you can get yourself a hotel and always have extra money just in case you need to get a flight out that night. You know, like, and I've actually just always, even though she always told my sister, because my sister's a girl, of course, and it's like, I'm teaching you the ways of being a woman in any century or any decade, right? Um, it was just kind of like something that I always remember. So I, no matter what, like, no matter what, uh, always have your own money. And I actually have friends that, like, I had one friend that went abroad and and she was like, I don't play this. She's like, I have backup places to stay. I have enough money to stay in a hotel if I need it. I have... And I just think that's so important in this day and age where sometimes, like, not to go on this rant. You know, I'm not going to go down this road. We're going to turn back. But, okay, I'll go there. I'll go there. <laughs> um, but I do think sometimes girls, like, you know, do use guys um, and I know that's so awful to say in the era that we're in with, you know, the sexual assault and all that stuff and which is horrible going on. But, you know, I think it's just important for a woman to have her own because, you know, sometimes when I think of those stories, kind of like what you're saying, where you never know how someone's going to react. I think you're being so smart. It's like always have your own, like, even though your number isn't necessarily too thwart off you know guys ask for your number you have ways to combat it and I think that's with any situation you need to have you know three or four ways you're like hey first we're gonna go with the Instagram if they, he says he doesn't have Instagram then we're gonna go with you have a boyfriend and then if the boyfriend thing doesn't work hey the Google number is always workable Snapchat too. <laughs> and Snapchat, Snapchat too like I'll be like oh here's my I never use Snapchat anymore I only send it to like specific people um I never am on my Snapchat story. Rarely, rarely. Uh, and those people don't, they don't really can't message me on Snapchat. I mean, they can, but like not, I can easily ignore them, you know? I don't yeah. feel guilty about it. And the message goes away. It's, so it's just like, eh, a thought, a, just a little floating thought, just bye, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I have my ways of deterring because there's, there's crazy people out there. Yeah. But it is, and I just think the point that I was making, I don't even know if I effectively made it, was like every girl, every guy, mainly girls, because that's just what what is coming out in the media mostly, is like you need to ha be safe and you need to have, you know, kind of like your bag of tools. And that's what I was bringing up with the dollar and the dime. It's like, you know, if you don't feel safe or like not even have talking about. Game plan. Have a thank you. Always have a game plan. Um, and I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I say it to everyone, I'm like, I'm one of those people. I'm gonna own up to it. People listening probably don't know this, but I'm short. I'm gonna own it. I look, I look like a child. I really do. I, I, I've at least aged till 16. I think Caitlin can agree. I at least look 16 now. <laughs> Before is like when I entered college, I think I looked the cool what 12, 13, 13 and a half, right? <laughs> I was actually four or five inches shorter when I entered college i think too but anyway that's a separate issue but um anyway the point i was making is i always had a game plan i was like okay if this person grabs me 
like, do I have my keys are in my pocket? I'm going to jab them in the spleen yeah. or whatever. Or if, if I get kidnapped, because, you know, I'm cute as hell. You know, if I get kidnapped, yeah. <laughs> if I get, ki- right. <laughs> if I get kidnapped, like, what am I going to do? And like, I just think everyone needs a game plan. And especially, um, in these times, you know what my mom also says, I'm a little being spastic right now and I hope you can help follow along with me. But, um, my mom also says that HR is for the corporation. HR is for the management. So it's so interesting that we see all these people coming forward saying, oh, Matt Lauer did this to me. And then management's like, well, we have no record of that. Or, or oh, we were unfamiliar of these allegations. And my mom's like, but you have to remember that, you know, that how they play it is they'll change one person in management and then say it's a new management team. Or what they'll do is HR is there to protect the corporation. It's not necessarily there to protect, you know, the secretary, the intern. And when you look at it like that, everything that's going on and being exposed makes so much sense, doesn't it? Because these girls are saying, I've talked to Jane in HR. I've talked to Bill in HR. And And then us as the American people, well, I'm not in entertainment, but you are, you know, like as someone in entertainment, I'm sure you're just like, well, you know, whenever I get, or that's a question, like, let's get into it. Um, well, I don't know why I keep saying let's get into it. <laughs> well, but, but like, you know, when you're on set, do they ever say, oh, if anyone touches you, contact this person or like, what are the protocols? No one has ever said that as an extra, working as an extra on set, no one has really done that. I know there was a, I did one sh- uh, episode on a show where it's high tension, kind of like Black Lives Matter versus uh, white supremacists protesting. And they said, if, if someone is giving you trouble or someone saying things that are not kosher or making you uncomfortable, please come talk to us. We'll get them off set. But I feel like it's, I think on set, it's very easy, if you're an extra, because I feel like extras, you, you get another one, you know, you one, get, one gets fired, you get another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of, like, star power, I think that was very hard in the beginning, like, like oh, Harvey Weinstein's doing this to me, oh, but he's made so many great movies, he has billions of dollars, he makes, oh, just get over it, he's just being Harvey, you know? don't question his genius, like, get over it and just be happy that he's giving you attention. I like how this switch has happened in the industry, but I don't think as being an extra on set, kind of like, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, this guy touched me weird. Okay, you're fired, buddy. Bye. Oh, my God. You know? That sounds like so, like, I don't know. I just, I just feel like if anyone, it's like, okay, well, if you're on a movie with J-Law or Jennifer Lawrence, it's kind of like, well, Jennifer Lawrence knows that she can speak out to the media, but I feel like if I was running that set as a producer or, or, or whatever, I would be like, okay, guys, you guys are in the most vulnerable stage of anyone on this set besides the, you know, PAs, so... You know, if something happens, let me know. I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like that's so intuitive, especially now, I feel like that would be, like, second, like, the first, granted, you know, I have the eyes of a law student, so maybe that's why I'm like, let's, like, let's forego any lawsuits if we don't need to have them. But I'm just like, that would be so natural to me, 
or wouldn't it to you too? Like the most vulnerable people on set, you'd be like, if this happens, this is the person you go to, period. Bye. Good. Hopefully nothing happens. Are you terms in terms of like knowing who to talk to if someone gives you a problem? Yeah, and like I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like with extras, it's kind of like, eh, there's 16 billion of you. <laughs> like I'll get another one. But then also at the same time, I'm just like, I, I'm just I'm just asking like, you because get rid of you're the person causing the problem. They won't get rid of you for complaining. Oh, okay, so, got you. No, yeah, sorry, it wasn't, that wasn't clear. They'll get rid of the the person who causes the issue or the person who's like make you feel uncomfortable um they'll take they'll kick you off set for taking your phone out and if mm. it looks like you're you might be videotaping what's going on they'll wow. kick you out so they i think in terms of that it's no problem saying like hey that guy was harassing me and the assistant director is like okay we need to get that guy out that's yeah oh okay yeah, yeah but i it's it seems like it seems simple like I said, I was talking to you earlier about how I worked at Chipotle, and the manager was very just gross. Like, he kind of, like, sexually harassed a lot of the women. Not He just made inappropriate comments, like, rubbed their back. And during orientation, he was, like, before all this happened, during orientation, he said, if any we're going over the sexual harassment policy, and he rushed straight over and said, hey, you know, if anyone's giving you trouble, yeah, just come talk to me about it. And going to after I noticed him like being inappropriate with a lot of the workers, I was like, okay, but what if you're the problem? Like, who do you talk to? Because he's the top, you know. And his boss only comes, the regional boss only comes once in a while. Like, I don't know. And then if you report it and they don't get fired, then you have this awkward rapport with your boss. Yeah. So you feel helpless. You feel like I just gotta like brush him off and keep doing my job and avoid him. You know. But then it kind of goes to what we just said. And that's what I love about the world. It's all full circle, no matter how twisted it is. Like, it goes back to HR at the end of the day is for management. You know what I mean? Because if you went to HR and then they said, okay, we'll talk to him. And I think we see it on so many TV shows, you know. And then HR goes to the boss man and says, hey, boss man, um, so-and-so said this about you. And then what are they going to do? You know, they report it, and then you. where do you go from there? Because... Did you read Selma Hayek's... Oh, go ahead, sorry. No, 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 continue. Did you read Selma Hayek's uh, experience with Frida Kahlo? With Frida, the movie? I, act- I didn't read it myself, but I heard about some allegations about how he said he was going to kill her and all this craziness. I was like, oh, yay. He just continually harassed her throughout the beginning to the end of the whole entire process. But, you know, he's the top dog. Who do you report this inappropriate behavior to? He's the one that's going to make your movie your movie, you know? Did she get an Uh, Oscar for that? I think so. It was a freaking amazing movie. Like, I'm just so angry that one of my favorite movies, which did get nominated, I know, nominated for a ton of Oscars, it's just, oh, like, put together by this creep and just made this woman, this this woman who, you know, got screen time to play one of her heroes and kind of be a voice for Mexican women. Like, a Mexican-American woman got major screen time. Like, how many, how much opportunity does, do Mexican-American actresses have? And it was just 
ruined, like all the stuff she had to go through to get this this project on the screen. And she couldn't report that to anybody because he was the top dog, you know? Yeah. But you know what they say, you know, you're never at the top until you're at the top. So, and it's just crazy because, you know, I think as someone from the outside, I'm just like, well, she is like, she, of course she has clout. But then if you really know the um, entertainment industry, you know, like the actors are just a certain level beyond them. It's the director and then it's the production team and then it's the networks or it's the production houses. And it's just like, it goes on and on. And, you know, for everyone else, we're like, oh, wow, you know, Salma Hayek was in this movie and she's so awesome and she's an A-lister. But if you really know the industry on the totem pole of hierarchy of power or, or you know, or on anything, she was just one of many, you know, at the middle of the totem, you know? Yeah. I mean, he allowed her to produce it and she didn't give her a producer credit. It was just, he robbed her of that opportunity. Just the whole thing. I get a chance to read it because it'll just make her blood boil. She has the limp in the movie, and Harvey Weinstein's like, that's not sexy enough, that's not sexy. She can't limp, She, you need to get rid of the unibrow, but it's like she, Brie Paolo is known for her unibrow. And and whatever she says about, fortunately she was able to get away with all that, with the help of the people who surrounded her. Yeah. But still, like, what do you do when this top dog who's making your movie happen is like... I'm not going to do this. I don't want this. This movie's not going to happen unless you do what I say and make this sexier, you know? But then that just goes to, like, who you are as an actor, you know? What what do you tell yourself? Like, do you have, going back to this, do you have a game plan? Like, do you? Or if, like, you're like, okay, if a producer ever did this to me or a director ever did this to me, do you think about that? Or do you just think, like, let's keep it light, let's keep it airy, let's keep it, you know, like, you know? I, yeah, I think about that a lot because it happens, you know? Uh, someone's going to suggest something I don't feel comfortable with. I'd like to say I'd like talk, stick up for myself and say, no, I'm not comfortable with this. Uh, but then again, in the moment, I might just laugh it off and be like, no, I don't, no, I don't, no, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think this whole Me Too movement, I think, you know, predators are scared. They're going to listen to the women and men who are victims. Uh, the men, they're going to, if someone's not comfortable with something, I think they're really going to listen now because of Me Too. You see all these powerful men losing their careers because of the way they mistreated women and men. Well, you know and what the part that I'm scared of? True, but you know what the part I'm scared of that we don't know and we probably won't, or not... Not you necessarily, but me mainly as like an outsider to the entertainment industry. Something that we will never know is, uh, I don't want to name names, so I'm not going to do that. But like, let's say there's an actress that speaks out against a producer. As as a person, as a you know, uh, as we call it in um, the law, uh, as a lay person of the entertainment industry, you know, like I don't know what really goes on. So maybe industry speak might be, oh, so and so. Remember she talked about so and so, and now she hasn't gotten a job in six months, or she's gonna hasn't gotten a job in six years. And to me, I'm just like, well, maybe she decided to live a life of activism, and she's no longer 
um, you know, acting anymore. But in the industry, what if she's really blacklisted? And even though people are like, yes, you spoke out against sexual harassment and you said me too, and you were a voice for, to the voiceless, how do we know that this there is not going to be repercussions? And that's the scary part for me. That's very real still. I, people still get blacklisted. But I think with the movement towards independent film and people producing their own work, more on the rise, like, you could put a YouTube series out, you know, awkward, like, awkward, or, sure. sorry, Insecure, um, was originally, uh, what was the original YouTube series? Awkward, awkward Adventures, or Adventures of Awkward Black Girl, awkward or, Black Girl, yeah. I was with it from the beginning, Issa Rae, if you're listening, please come on the show, yeah. we love you, Caitlin will co-host that one. <laughs> Please, we would love to be on your show as well. You know, reciprocity, my sister. No, I'm joking. <laughs> reciprocity. People, people are making their own series now, and I think can you true and can you truly be blacklisted from Hollywood when there's mediums to make your own content and put it on the internet? I don't know. Is net neutrality gone though? I don't know. Maybe what I'm saying will be obsolete. But I think with yeah. independent stuff, I think it's much easier. Not to take it off you because I love what you say and I love our conversation, but let's talk about net neutrality a little bit. Since I'm, right? I've been saying it all night, let's get into it. You know. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but uh, the reason why I want to bring that up is they like they're doing it in the name of like less business regulations on business or less uh, government intervention on business, and. A part of you, like, not you, sorry, but, like, a part of me as a person and I just as the American people, I feel like I'm just, like, why now? You know what I mean? Like, what does that get the FCC? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just, like, they're trying to stand on principle, but it's, like, no one's been crying. Like, I don't know. If if Verizon has been crying and, you know, NBC has been crying and ABC and R, whatever the networks are, I don't know. Who cares? Like, I could care less. But Verizon, I know, and Comcast are, for sure. Like, if they've been crying, like, why can't they speak up and say, okay, yeah, we've been complaining. But I'm just, like, I'm blindsided. I'm, like, granted, I haven't done a lot of reading on it, mainly because I'm busy. But, you know, like, why now? Obama made it so we could all get great internet speeds. Why is it an issue now? <laughs> you know, I'm so mad about it. People are against it just because Obama put it in, or people are against it because they want the government out of our internet. More time, more the government's in our stuff, the worse it is. Like, no, the government is needed to regulate because when you let corporations run free, it messes stuff up. If anyone paid attention in history class, they know that. You know, sure, yeah. the whole antitrust movement, like the 18, late 1800s, you know, we, there's a reason why the federal government inspects our food, you know? there's a re- the Because we used to eat rats and horse meat, <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly, <laughs> like, it, people are acting like the government is the enemy, and in some cases it doesn't make the best decision. Yeah. And so now, I'd say, mm-hmm. but, you know People are saying, like, oh, the corporations are too invested in government. And some people, I feel like conservatives, see that as, oh, the government's corrupt. But then liberals see it as the corporations are too powerful and they put money into the government to influence the government. And I think at base value, at the base, at the very base of it, I think we all agree. I do, yeah. 
crony capital, you know, like the, the corporations are too powerful, so they're putting money in the government to to get the laws that they want passed passed that benefit them and not the people. And I think we can all agree that it's not good, but if you're, you're going on a simple mindset that, like, it's the government, it's the government, it's the government, mm-hmm. that's not, you have to see what it is that's influencing the government to make these decisions that aren't right for the people. The government isn't necessarily, fairly the enemy. It just pisses me off. <laughs> like, <laughs> No, I totally agree. But then also, I love the point, I, like, no, I'm not even lying to you, I really did love your point about how and let, it's like a question. I want someone to write an op-ed on it. Like, can we say that net neutrality could impact our current entertainment, um, our current entertainment sphere? You know, because now, like you kind of said, it's not just oh, you paying for HBO, you got the whole package, you got own, you got CBS or whatever. You know, it's like oh, I my favorite show is Awkward Black Girl, and I watched it on YouTube. Or my favorite show is, or, you know, YouTube makes its own uh, movies, actually, now. So, and I've watched a couple of those, mm-hmm. which are good. And did you hear that the, ru- it's a rumor, but I think it's going to be probably the most accurate depiction. It's kind of like, they're like, well, why would Verizon keep internet speeds appropriate for Netflix when they want you to buy their TV services? You know what I mean? Right. Like, and- it could easily be, like, just these... What basically it is is like the companies that own the products, like the the websites, have to pay these these telecommunication companies for high speeds, for yes. high access. Mm-hmm. And like like websites like NPR, government run, those can run super slowly because they can't afford to pay Verizon or Comcast or Charter to you know ha- make their their uh, internet speeds good, you know. And then people don't get access to that information. It's like it, goes beyond entertainment it goes to information like oh, if, i love that yeah if well disney now owns fox like if you get your disney could be like you could have a internet provider that favors disney and then uh you know you could be getting like fox news popping up first when you do your google searches or something like that and then you get different information depending on the internet provider you have that's wild to me. Like, why does anybody think that's a good idea? People are going to have so much misinformation and this country's just going to go down a rabbit hole that's, like, going to be so hard to crawl back out of. Oh, my... Wow. Wow. We we really went down a rabbit hole there, but I really enjoyed that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm very... I'm very heated about this whole situation. It's not good. It was an idea from a former Verizon lawyer, so of course he's going to want it. Oh, I'm so mad. Oh, I didn't know he was a former Verizon lawyer. Wow. I, for, yes. Oh, wow, wow. Like I said, I haven't done a lot of reading, if any, on this topic so when you brought it up i was like let's like i said let's get into it guys that is not the new catchphrase i don't know what's going on today but no but i do agree i I love that you just um provided that tidbit to us because it's just craziness and i like you know me i always look at life through more of a entertainment lens and it just makes me look at life and we kind of were joking around earlier remember about astonishingly conflicting and it's kind of like well 
isn't that so conflicting? Like, the FCC is here to protect us, like, the people, but then instead he's trying to protect a corporation. Like, let's be honest, Verizon, now that he left, probably could care less about him, you know? But you know what kind of goes back to what you kind of hinted at? For all we know, he is getting a nice check <laughs> back end for all he's doing. Because guess what? Lobbying is a real thing. And I don't know, do they have laws against... um? Him being influenced or having conflicts of interest, that'd be a good thing to look into. Yeah, I, I'm really not sure, but I'm sure. I'd hope. Yeah, um, wait, yeah, why Why make a lawyer for a specific telecommunication company the head of the FCC? But wasn't it, well, let's respect him. Wasn't it President Trump who put him in that position, right? Yes. Okay, we we have our answer. <laughs> the world has been figured out, and it's not so conflicting at all. <laughs> to me, that's a clear conflict of interest. True. I don't know. I, um... Whatever. I don't know. Well, I think this has been a great talk, and I'm actually very excited that you came on the show again. And Thank we're... you for having me again. And I promised you a third segment, so we'll figure out the third one. <laughs> but uh, again, everyone, this has been Caitlin O'Grady. Where can they find you on social media? Oh my God, follow me on Instagram. I won't ghost you. I mean, I will. <laughs> Just don't do yourself. Snapchat, bitch. You will ghost you. <laughs> I will ghost you on Snapchat. Uh, my Instagram handle is Kate O'Grady. C A I T O G R E A T. Follow. <laughs> all right follower guys all right so we're so glad that caitlin was on today and that's it for the show all right bye y'all eh, hey guys that actually was not the end it's kind of like a middle school when like all the kid the bell rings and all the kids get up and the teacher goes i dismiss you not the bell okay you can go down <laughs> well i just wanted to reveal that in the next couple weeks in December, if this podcast gets 20 reviews, I will raffle off a $50 Amazon gift card. All right? $50. It's so on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play, wherever you listen, if I get a total of 20 reviews from you listeners or um i'll include soundcloud i'll be nice i'll include soundcloud so if we get 20 reviews i will everyone that writes a review will be put in a hat and i will raffle off 50 dollars and then everyone else i will send you stickers so yes we have astonishingly me stickers that um and i'll give you about two to three whatever we'll figure it out but actually anyone who gets a review i will actually give you stickers but if we get 20 reviews across five platforms, y'all, iTunes already has two. So, you know, two people already did the job for you. But if we get 20 total, I will auction $50. But this only until the end of this month, all right? So, the bell dismisses you. It's been a good time. Happy holidays, y'all. See you next week. <laughs>